Here at the chamber, we love Natchitoches. Meat pies, steel magnolias, Christmas lights, they're all signature to our historic town. But you know what really makes Natchitoches special? The amazing people who choose to live and work right here. And that's who we're going to talk to. I'll give you the highlights of what's going on in town, and then we'll take a minute to chat with some of our favorite people. These are the folks who are actively working toward making Natchitoches a thriving community, and they've got some cool things to share with you. And who am I? I'm your host, Mags, the Chamber Event Coordinator at the Natchitoches Area Chamber of Commerce. Hey everyone, Mags here. Today I get to sit down with Mr. Grant Eloy, the new superintendent of Natchitoches Parish Schools. Many of you may not have had the chance to meet Mr. Eloy yet, so we're going to take today to talk to him a little bit about who he is, where he comes from, and why he does what he does. And then we're going to talk about what his plan is for Natchitoches Parish Schools moving forward. And we're back to Chamber Chat. Today I'm joined by Mr. Grant Eloy, our new Natchitoches Parish School superintendent. Grant, how are you doing today? I am doing awesome. Every morning I wake up just uh, pumped and ready to go with this uh, new position. It's, it's been great so far. Good. I'm so glad to hear that. Now, I just want to ask you um, a little bit about yourself. I want you to tell us, why do you do what you do? Where did your passion in education come from? Well, um, let's see. This is my 14th year in education. I started off at LSU as a business administration major. About six months in, I realized that um, I was not interested in that. I wanted to pursue what pretty much my entire family does. Uh, my mother's a special education teacher. I remember as you know, a first grader attending classes with her. At, uh, actually, we lived in Missouri at the time, but Southwest uh, Missouri State University. Uh, my dad is also a special educator. Uh, my younger sister is a pre-K teacher. My wife is an elementary teacher. My brother-in-law is a teacher. My other sister was a teacher until she uh, became a stay-at-home mom and so basically on Sundays all we do is talk about education and what we would do or should do and all that fun stuff as far as inspiration um, for doing this you know obviously I saw my parents and, and what they did but then also uh, you know I had a teacher in ninth grade who uh, not to date myself uh, but he used to do the uh, the church lady voice from the old Saturday Night Live skit uh-huh. And for whatever reason, in World Geography ninth grade, that really resonated with me that you can be a teacher and teach and also be funny and and inspire kids. And so that kind of always stuck with me. And then I had a teacher in my junior year in high school, English uh, three, that really pushed me. And, and then in college, I had uh, a professor uh, in, in a history course that uh, really, you know, I connected with so all those things kind of in conjunction just felt that this was a calling and and I haven't looked back ever since so well that's awesome Grant now I know this uh superintendent search started for Natchez Parish Schools a, a couple of months ago um and it seems like it you know the whole thing went pretty quickly but I cannot imagine that when you applied to this position that you imagined that it was going to be uh, you're going to be starting a job in the middle of a pandemic no, not at all, <laughs> not at all. Um, you know, I, I think when I initially uh, put in my application, it, I'll be honest with you, it was somewhat on a whim. Um, you know, I, I was aware of Natchitoches I, and, and all that, but, I, you know, it wasn't something that I immediately thought, oh, I'm going to get this, this is, you know, going to be an easy thing. I, I put it in and, and, you know, forgot about it a little bit, and then the first interview came, 
and that was you know it was pretty intense uh you know you had the board looking at you and that was i think after that it, well during that interview you know the covid stuff was going on but it was still kind of if and maybe and you know still more of a, a foreign thing to us um and i you know i went through that first interview and it was very easy to do because i i did it and then my family actually had a vacation planned to Disney World that we had been planning for over a year, and so I forgot about the whole thing. And and then I got a call saying, "Hey, you have a second interview." And I remember in that uh, in the second interview, um, while that was going on, I think the NBA canceled their season, and all this stuff happened. And and so yeah, I, I kind of came on board right as all the craziness happened. So yeah, I could not imagine it. It any different but uh so far it has you know trial by fire has actually been kind of good i think oh yeah tell me a little bit about some of the um challenges that covid kind of has brought or just for the new position in general what's the biggest challenge you would say that you faced and had to overcome i mean honestly and and this is going to sound like i'm patting myself on the back but so far this has been you know, I've held different positions. I've gone from different schools, you know, things of that nature. This has been the easiest transition. And I really think that's a credit to the community of Nagish Parish because I have never felt more welcomed by any group of people in my entire life. Like, this is a community that's passionate about their community. They, you know, I've yet to meet someone who lives in Nagish who's not like the biggest booster for Nagish. And so, Y'all have made this super easy on, on myself. As far as COVID, you know, the, the challenges of Natchitoches are really the challenges that pretty much every district is having. You know, how do we keep kids safe and, and put parents at ease and so on and so forth. Now, we have problems or, or challenges, rather, that are contextual just to us. And the biggest being our, our Internet infrastructure. Uh, you know, we're talking about going – uh, to have a virtual option uh, and that's really something we need even without COVID uh, and COVID's been a catalyst for us to to look at that but when we look at our infrastructure and what you know sometimes Baton Rouge doesn't understand is that not everywhere is like Baton Rouge New Orleans and Lafayette mm-hmm. um, and we have areas of this parish that only have access to to dial up internet which for many of the things you have to do in a virtual setting is not conducive uh, or is not going to help you a whole heck of a lot. And then you might say, okay, well, we can go get a MiFi from a, from AT&T or Verizon. Well, there's also parts of this parish that only have dial-up, and then they have very little, if any, cell phone coverage. So those are really big um, you know, technology gaps that we have to overcome. And I, I feel the team uh, up here, we've been really creative about how we've tried to address those, and, I, and I'm excited about the prospect. But, you know, the, the big question in all of our decisions is, are we providing equity in doing this? And, and, and that's a hard, you know, kind of question to answer at times, especially when you're talking about trying to overcome, in many cases, like a lack of billions of dollars in infrastructure. Uh, and so what I'm really encouraged by is, you know, I hate that this COVID has happened, but I, I hope that the, the one tiny silver lining that comes out of this is that whether it be the federal government, the state government, or them together starts to look at uh, technology infrastructure as something that's equal to, uh, you know, uh, electricity and water and sewage and things of that nature, because uh, it, 
this crisis has really shown us that they are just it is just as important most definitely and i love to hear you talk about um the technology and the equity piece of that i know everybody thinks that's a huge piece of this and it is so can you tell me kind of in that same vein what your vision is for our school system moving forward and what other um, things you really want to see happen in the next coming years yeah um so we we are very much looking in the immediate time period of addressing next school year and what that looks in a in a covid or a post-covid world um so that's our immediate thing you know and and i have a a very large scale five-year three-year five-year plan strategic plan that i'll be you know kind of putting out to the district uh here in the next few months but that's to some degree been put on the back burner just because we need to that strategic plan uh has taken uh, has been taking place of the COVID plan. And so what we're looking at, we're actually having our principals come in tomorrow and we're, we're doing certain non-negotiables of, you know, what a COVID classroom looks like and what we're calling it is strong start Natchitoches. Um, and with strong start Natchitoches, there's a few, um, there's a few different things that we feel is uh, philosophically have to kind of guide that process. And, uh, those those are four things. Number one is safety. Uh, we have to ensure that when the kids come to school that we are making them as safe as humanly possible. So that's looking at the CDC guidelines. That's talking to medical professionals. That's looking at what LDOE is pushing out to us and, and making school safe and also uh, making parents feel uh, safe sending their students to school. So that's a big number one. Number two is that equity piece because, you know, we want to uh, provide – everything kids need, but we know that there are kids in different circumstances that, uh, you know, just need to be thought of in, in terms of their current situation, which is different. You know, every kid is different. So equity is a big piece of that. Uh, cause we don't want kids to, to get a lesser form of education or, or less support because of their socioeconomic status or their geographic location in the parish. Uh, the third would be, an emphasis on high quality instruction because perhaps you know if, if we have a second wave of COVID and we have to pivot to a to a completely virtual option, we want to ensure that that virtual option is uh, is robust, it's rigorous, and equal to anything that's face to face. Because you know, no everyone was very uh, uh, forgiving in this first COVID wave that, you know, we understand no one was anticipating this. It is what it is. Everyone's in the same boat, but we very much feel that if we don't have a, a good plan in place, if this happens again, there won't be that forgiveness and there shouldn't be because, you know, what have we been doing with all this time? And then fourth is the technology piece. Um, so that's really what we're, our guiding principles or guiding terms um, and then within that, we're planning for three different scenarios. We're planning for, you know, normal face-to-face. Everything's back to normal with the exception of probably some, some safety guidelines, whether that be PPE or uh, logistics considerations so we don't do large groups. But basically traditional school with some health uh, caveats. And we hope that's the case. Uh, the second I- uh, idea we're planning for is a, some sort of hybrid type of situation where you know and numerous different iterations of this have been put out there but you know the idea of 
uh, an A schedule, B schedule. Um, so we have less numbers. And, and when a student's not at school, when you know the A schedule kids are at home, they're still doing virtual school and B students are face-to-face. And there's even been people who've floated the idea across the state of there being a uh, – you know, like you, you would reserve face-to-face for younger students because uh, older students could stay home without par- parental supervision, although none of those are perfect scenarios. And then the third uh, plan that we're uh, planning for is, is virtual school. Um, we, we feel that um, – and I, some of this hasn't even been brought to the board yet. This is just, you know, the idea planning stage. Mm-hmm. But we feel like there's going to be parents who, even if COVID is – going on the downward uh, trend that there's going to be parents who say, Hey, until I have a vaccine, I don't want my child to go out in public, Not, nothing against Natchez Parish schools, but I don't want them to go out in public. And so we, we feel the need to offer a virtual setting for those people who choose that. Um, and we, you know, we're soon going to be a one-to-one district technology wise, and we're soon going to be a, probably a Google classroom district and, we're working out all that stuff right now to ensure that we're ready. And, you know, the teachers have the professional development and the parents are aware and, and everyone is ready for whatever uh, school looks like in August. And some of those questions we can't totally answer because we're waiting on guidance from whether it be the president, the governor, or the state superintendent. Right. Well, Grant, that about wraps us up for today. I have one last question that I always want to ask all of my guests and that, and this may put you on the spot a little bit, but it's what do you love most about Natchitoches? Well, so far it's the aesthetics of everything. I, you know, I come (laughs) from Pineville and you know, Pineville's a great community. I've loved my time there, but Natchitoches just, it has that character built into it already. um, That it's just, it's so unique. It can't be replicated. And so I've just enjoyed, you know, kind of driving around and across the bridges and, and then obviously Front Street and all that. But uh, that combined with the people has, has been the, the neatest thing. I haven't, unfortunately, I'm a big, I'm a food person. You know, when I go on vacations or visit a new place, I, uh, my big thing is, is what, what am I going to eat? And I haven't been able to sample a whole lot here, but I did get to order out Peggy's Pizza the other day and uh, color me impressed. Uh, it's so, good <laughs> so uh I, i'm excited to sample all the food and everything but uh that you know whether it be the aesthetics the people uh th- those have been awesome but i look forward to the most uh sampling all the food and all partaking in all the fun and festivals and all that type stuff that is um i think a lot of people will be able to identify with that <laughs> response <laughs> <laughs> well grant thank you again for joining us today um, and for doing this interview. I really appreciate it. I know everybody is going to be really excited to hear from you. Um, Is there anything else you want to add before we sign off? What I've told everyone and what I continue to reiterate to everyone is that this is your, and I'm speaking to the audience when I say this, your district. Um, I've been able to meet with parents, uh, teachers, uh, community members, uh, in fact, I just got finished meeting with NSU and Dr. Maggio and Dr. McAllister. I just want everyone to know that this is their district and that they. I love the emails, the reaching out, the ideas, the collaboration. 
And I, I want to, to reiterate that again, that uh, the more collaboration we have, the more we work together, the better uh, our product is going to be and the more successful we're going to be. I love that. And that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us for this fourth episode of Chamber Chat. Don't forget to visit nakedishchamber.com slash chamber chat to learn more about how your business or news can be featured on chamber chat and don't forget to give us a subscribe or a review on apple Podcasts. thanks for listening